Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's program, well, you've heard of Don't Fear the Reaper. How about the other R word? Are we headed toward a recession? And we want to get a better understanding of what's called a bearflation. We'll review the latest economic forecast with from Georgia State, Dr. Javi, Dr. Rajiv Dewan. Plus, a preview of the upcoming SEC championship game between the Georgia Bulldogs and LSU Tigers. And all the way from the North Pole, Santa D drops in to spread some holiday cheer. And of course, talk about the busiest time of year for the quadrillion dollar Santa Claus brand. All important community conversations coming up, but we'll begin with this. Today is the last day for early voting in Georgia's U.S. Senate runoff. Now, already more than 1.3 million Georgians have cast a ballot. That's a fraction, of course, of the nearly 4 million who voted in November's general election. Now, wait times at many polling locations across metro Atlanta have exceeded one hour. But Clark Atlanta University political scientist Tammy Greer says long lines are a sign people truly care. It demonstrates that there's an understanding, particularly among those people who are waiting in line, of the uh, criticalness of this election. It signals an understanding of the uniqueness of this one seat again. And look, to find your county's shortest lines, well, you can check the real-time map on the county's elections website. And again, of course, Election Day is next Tuesday. And a programming note, WABE will present a election, an election runoff special Tuesday starting at 7 p.m. Well, with just days left before the U.S. Senate runoff is decided here in Georgia, political surrogates continue to try and boost their candidate. Now, former President Barack Obama returned to Atlanta yesterday to, to stump for Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock in his bid to beat challenger Herschel Walker, as we hear from WABE's Sam Greenglass. Inside a warehouse-turned-event venue, the former president made his case for Warnock. Some folks are asking, well, if Democrats already have control of the Senate, why, why does this matter? What's the, what's the difference between 50 and 51? The answer is a lot. Democrats look to Obama for his appeal with suburban independents and young people and minority voters. Warnock has been specifically trying to appeal to Republicans, but still needs to shore up the Democratic base. The turnout rate in November fell from the last midterms. Sam Greenglass, WABE News. Meanwhile, Herschel Walker is focusing his campaign's closing message on issues popular with conservative voters. Last night, Walker was in Woodstock, Georgia. I know you don't want to put men and women's sports. I know you don't want to get the morale and the confidence down in our military. I know you don't want to get it down in our law enforcement. And then you can't keep bringing this critical race theory to our school. 
And we will all know what happens next week. The pandemic reversed academic gains Metro Atlanta students were making, according to a new report, as we hear from Martha Dalton. Nonprofit Learn for Life found Atlanta students were making some progress before the pandemic. More third graders were reading on grade level and more eighth graders were proficient in math. But COVID erased that growth, the report shows. Now, districts are focused on academic recovery programs to help kids catch up. But Clayton County Superintendent Morcise Beasley says schools can't do it alone. What we do in school systems, we don't have enough time in the day or the school year. So families, the community, at large partners, they really have to step up to help us address this learning situation that we're dealing with. For its part, Learn for Life is partnering with school districts to help improve literacy, retain good teachers, and prepare high school students for college. Martha Dalton, WAB News. And finally, raise your hand if you need tickets to that SEC championship game between the Bulldogs and the LSU Tigers. If you do... Too bad. It is sold out. Now, I see a lot of tickets for sale on social media, so be careful. As the sec- the Attorney General of Georgia has been saying, there are a lot of scammers out there, so buyer beware. And I'll give you my prediction later in the program. We're back in a moment. This is Closer Look. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues from WABE here in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. You know, earlier in the week, we talked about consumer habits during this holiday season as retailers in-store and online saw huge increases in sales, despite inflation. And according to an article published by the U.S. Bank in November, economic growth in the U.S. has slowed as the feds continue to push interest rates higher. But many key economic indicators continue to show strength. And earlier in the year, and actually throughout the year, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has been talking about this. Of course, we're not. We're not trying to provoke uh, and don't think that we will need to provoke a recession, but we do think it's absolutely essential that we restore price stability uh, really for the benefit of, of the labor market as much as anything else. And then most recently, Powell spoke at the Hutchins Center on Fiscal and Monetary Policy, and he talked about the economy, inflation, and the changing labor market, and he again acknowledged the hardships many U.S. households are currently experiencing. My colleagues and I are acutely aware that high inflation is imposing significant hardship, straining budgets, and shrinking what paychecks will buy. This is especially painful for those least able to meet the higher costs of essentials like food, housing, and transportation. And so all year long, economists and analysts alike have been trying to gauge what 2023 will bring. And all this has prompted a lot of questions. And so when we have questions, we turn to someone we've been turning turning to for a long time, Dr. Rajiv Dewan, the director of the Georgia State University's Economic Forecasting Center. Dr. Dewan, thanks so much for taking time. We've been talking about this uh, for so many years now. Thanks for having me. And the economy is slowing. 
Mm-hmm. Today's employment numbers came out. They were pretty nice by the usual definition, mm-hmm. about more than quarter million jobs in one month. But if you notice one thing, mm-hmm. two out of three jobs in that number were coming from only two sectors, hospitality mm-hmm. and health and education. These are areas where there is kind of like a shortage of people to so nobody's going to lay off people. Mm-hmm. And if you notice what happened with the flu and the RSV the last two months, they had needed more people in healthcare and in hospitality, people take multiple jobs to make up for mm-hmm. the inflation bite. So those numbers show up. Let's back up a, l- a little bit. Why is the labor market, how that progresses, proceeds? And it, for some folks that may not understand why economists, folks like you focus on the labor market when we talk about the nation's economy, and then whether or not we're going to go into recession? Well, let's do a basic lesson. Sure. Consumption is a function of income, and income comes from working, and that's why we look at jobs, types of jobs, who's working, how much they are working, who's getting laid off, who's Mm -hmm. getting hired. So ultimately, to me, a recession is when you start losing jobs. Mm -hmm. And not by this GDP metric, which is the other ones where we've gone up and down, but really when it starts hurting the people in their pocketbook when they don't have a job or their hours get reduced. And so what the Fed has said, look, we are trying to slow the consumer spending habits, which is why we are raising interest rates. And look, Chairman Powell has been saying we recognize and understand the hardship that causes for so many households. It's almost like the the unintended consequences. Um, You hear him talk about that. But for folks, for the everyday folks, all they know is that when I go to the grocery store, uh, Professor, it's it's I'm paying more for groceries. You know, I'm not buying a house. I'm not buying a car. I'm not making a, a big major major purchase here. I'm getting hit in my wallet, in my pocketbook. And I think sometimes economists, while you all know that, it just it gets lost a little bit. There are two things over here. When he is raising the interest rates, he's trying to slow down the interest-sensitive sectors of the economy, which you named as buying a house, Mm -hmm. buying a car, buying furniture, what we call durable goods, buying other things. Those things have slowed. In fact, if you are in the real estate industry, you can see the impact of the higher interest rates. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to the food prices and all that, what has happened to the energy prices. I use the word energy. Mm-hmm. Energy is not just gasoline. It's also natural gas. It's also other things. What has happened to the price of that thing in the last one year? Mm-hmm. It's gone up a lot. Not as bad as in Europe. Europe is worse. If you are a European, your winter heating bills are going to at least quadruple. Mm-hmm. We're not even looking at that thing like that over here. We're thinking about our heating bills maybe 10% higher or something. So when the price of the input goes up, energy, which is used for transportation, mm-hmm. the food does not come to the supermarket by an app. It has to be put on a truck, sure. picked up by the people, comes. When that price goes up, you're going to pay more at the grocery store. Mm. In your economic forecast for the nation that you released on August 31st, and you describe this economic condition as a bearflation. And I want you to take some time to explain that to our listeners, what it means, and is it still holding true now? I would say one thing. Forecasts done these days, the (laughs) shelf life can be limited, but the concept is there. Mm -hmm. What I meant by bearflation was this. 
What has happened to your 401k or your portfolio over the last nine months? It's shrunk. Mm -hmm. At some points, it was down even 25%. Now it's only down 15. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the first part of the bear market, what we call it, a big correction. The second part is the interest rates are rising. The Fed is tightening and the interest rates are going up. Energy prices are high. That will ultimately lead to a kind of like a pullback by the corporate sector mm -hmm. in doing their CapEx spending, which is basically a code word for expansion. Mm -hmm. When they pull back on the expansion is when the job growth starts slowing and actually can even go negative. That portion is about to come in about three to six months. The reason I'm saying three to six is that Today's employment report showed the numbers on paper were very good, but people should realize one thing, only two sectors, which is 20% of the economy mm -hmm. is contributing 70% of the jobs. That means the other sectors are not adding that much. If you look at the bread and butter for the middle class, which is the corporate sector, the job growth has basically come to a halt. If mm -hmm. you look at transportation, which is basically a proxy for how much you are buying, so how much has to be shipped and other things, they actually laid off people. But here I'm going to say one thing. Mm -hmm. The layoffs you're going to see are going to come in those middle management, white-collar jobs, the compression you'll see. This is not going to be a recession, unlike the old times where you laid off the blue-collar workers, mm -hmm. you laid off the people in hospitality and in other places. This is going to come in those you know, the kind of things we say, hey, go work in sales, work in marketing, work in this thing. Those are the areas where the layoffs have been announced and the effect has not shown up in the data. It's going to ripple in in the next few months. So listen, when I when I read, and I think it was from Goldman Sachs, our economists say there's a 35% probability that the U.S. tips into recession over the next year. Okay, I have a 35% probability there. And then I see that someone says, but that means it'll be a, quote, soft landing. What am I supposed to do with that? It's kind of like having it both ways. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. Let me ask you, if the economy is growing with 50,000 jobs per month mm -hmm. or losing 50,000 jobs per month, one becomes a soft landing, the other one becomes a recession. To me, for the average person, it's the same bad times. Yeah. The probability that you will get a job or you'll be able to skip a job or change a job to your liking or get better hours are basically gone at that point. Hmm. It's, an, it's a numerical thing, plus minus 50. So this is what we call a soft landing would have been like 94, 95 mm -hmm. when the economy slowed, but there were no job losses. Even the rate of job growth wasn't too bad. We took a breather and then we went on. That is a proper soft landing. That is the chances of that happening is very tough. At this point, mm. the, the global headwinds, you know, we just look at our own thing and we don't realize one thing that the factory of the world is China. Right. That's where all the stuff is made. And they've got some issues right now. <laughs> they got some serious issues. <laughs> they got some so, stuff going on. For example, if you need to buy a new computer or something and they have not been able to ship it, you're out of luck. 
Yeah. You can have all the money in your hand, but you can't buy it. So that is why you have to look at what's happened to the factory of the world. Doesn't look too good. Mm-hmm. They were able to make and ship the stuff during the COVID, but right now they're trying to fight this COVID with the zero COVID policy, which is basically not going to work. The issue is you say, why do I care? As long as I get my stuff, but people don't realize the stuff has to be produced mm-hmm. and then shipped and then delivered over here. And that's a supply chain. And that's a big problem. Number two is the war in Ukraine, mm-hmm. the energy prices. Europe is practically in a severe recession by any metric you look at it. They just have not acknowledged it, but they mm-hmm. know it's there. This is of a big trading partner. So look at the rest of the world. They're not doing well. So if you are the one selling stuff to Europeans and other people, mm-hmm. you're a little bit in a tough spot. I noticed in that clip that I played with the most recent uh, address that Chairman Powell gave, he really didn't want to confirm or or give a confirmation that, yes, we are definitely headed to a recession. Uh, but as we wrap up, uh, Professor, for the average household here, people listening, and I know you you don't you never give advice, and we don't want to give people advice in terms of how they should, you know, run their households in terms of uh, fiscal responsibility. But, you know, what should folks pay attention to right now to prepare for next year and whatever happens? And just are you look the holiday season? We all buying gifts and and all that, so that's probably a given. But as we head into twenty twenty three, what do you what do you think households will do? I mean, we're not going to be buying homes, obviously, and, and making big purchases. You think folks will just sort of sit and, and be very cautious, be a cautious consumer at this point? Caution is in the wind. You can look at the confidence numbers. They're telling that. But the big question is, people ask me always, if I have an extra dollar, what should I do with it? You know, in the old days, we would say, hey, invest a little bit in real estate, invest a little bit in the stock market, go this thing. But that's the advice in the normal times mm-hmm. where the dollar is an extra dollar, you've done all your consumption, you want to save it. When times are changing, we use the word liquidity, yeah. your access to the dollar. You need to be very careful. A dollar in hand is better than trying to get five cents on it. You know, interest, you know, can be very greedy. So this is the time to conserve your principal. It's the return of the principal. So you need to decide how much of firepower you need to keep as liquid yeah. to get over the tough times. I have a listener just emailed me, said, Rose, why are you afraid to ask him if we definitely go into a recession? I'm like, well, he's, he's told you. We, uh, okay. Rajiv Dwan, are we Listen, headed to a recession? The, prob- <laughs> the probability is actually two-thirds. It's much higher. Hmm. It will take a few miracles. For example, China gets out of the zero COVID without a problem. Yeah. Putin and Zelensky kiss and make up and this problem is over. You need to assume very strong assumptions and then the Fed will back off. Yeah. Oh, inflation is moderating, but it's nowhere. People are saying, hey, my, my grocery bills are still high. Hey, your energy prices are still very high. We need to get it down. Mm-hmm. And it's a very tough way. Well, and you just said a moment ago, you said, you know, the shelf life of a forecast is... <laughs> You know, all this could change. We could have you back in February and have a whole different conversation. I would say if we make it to February, March without any severe job losses, I would call that a victory. 
All right. Thank you so much. Dr. Rajiv Dewan, the director of Georgia State University's Economic Forecasting Center, been on this program so many times. We appreciate your knowledge. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Rose. Thank you. And Closer Look continues from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. It was like yesterday, but really it was only 11 months ago. Launching downfield, underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone. And Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. After 41 years, finally, the Bulldogs, well, they won another college football championship. And now they have a chance to get back to the title game. But there's this little SEC championship game that's taking place tomorrow against the LSU Tigers. So I want to talk about this game. Joining me in studio, making his sports broadcast analysis debut, former Georgia high school standout and North Carolina Tar Heel offensive lineman, Jordan Tucker, the pride of Roswell High School for sure. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. It's 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 awesome being here, awesome making my debut with you, and I'm so excited to talk some football. Well, listen, for years, I want to start here, Jordan, because for years, fans, coaches, everybody was fussing. We need a college football playoff system. Now we got a system, and folks still fussing about it, how the teams are selected. Do you like you know system. what? You know what? If their team's not in it, they're going. They're going to argue about it. That's how I feel. I'm, I was. We were number five in the country at one point uh-huh. on the on the scratch of it, and we we wanted an eight team playoff. So, I <laughs> I I like the format of it, how they started it, but I think they do need to move to an eight team. Now you know Nick Saban tried to make a case for Alabama. Then there were some TCU haters. Let's just be clear, because that's what they are that they believe TCU shouldn't be there. But look, programs have changed, mm-hmm. and now you just never know. Do you like? The, the, the fairness of it in terms of, look, if you are undefeated, even if you're from, quote, mid-major, whatever, you should have an opportunity. Or do you look at strength of schedule? Well, they barely beat them. or they beat them? They, what, what, is there any issue with the system that you think could be changed? Um, the only system, I mean, the only issue that I think that could be changed is really expanding it to maybe six or eight teams, I think. You do like for for instance we had six to eight teams. Six to eight teams. We're at four right now, yeah. and I mean there's there's eight teams who could easily win their uh, conference championship and at least make a run in the playoffs. But I mean it's really just the thing of the season, and just depending on who's who's winning, <laughs> undefeated, and all that. Like I, I I like a six to eight teams though. Should TCU be there? <laughs> You know, I've I've watched a lot more TCU football than uh, I have in the we past all have, this year, yeah. right? Right, especially uh, these past couple weeks when they've been knocking at the door to loss. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know if I'm putting TCU in the playoffs Ooh, this year. Send your emails to Jordan <laughs> Tucker. Send your emails. I don't know to him. if I'm putting them in there. Listen, you know what it's like the night before a huge game, national television, folks asking for tickets. Mm-hmm. How do you block all of this? How are the players able to block all of this out? Um, I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. Is my number one. You even thing. talk to your mom? I try. I try. We usually most teams. I think they go to a movie on that Friday yeah. night before a game, and then after that movie, I'll let her know I got back to the hotel, and then I'm really just spending time with my teammates, uh, going over plays, but really just enjoying the time that I have with them because there's so many few moments that you mm-hmm. have with them actually to just calm down and relax. In this case, both programs they are well aware of what a SEC championship game atmosphere is like. I want to begin here because Kirby Smart, he's been here. But mm-hmm. LSU head coach Brian Kelly, look, there's a reason he was hired with a 10-year 
$95 million contract. How has this team looked for you? They got three losses, so. And that's crazy because their losses come to very good teams, in my opinion. I mean, they lost the opening game of the season to Florida State. They lost to Tennessee, who's been honestly phenomenal this year, other than these past couple weeks. And then they lost last week to Texas A&M. Yeah. So I think this is a really good LSU football team with the transfer of Jaden Daniels coming in from uh, coming in from. Um, Where did he come from? He came from, was it U.S.? It wasn't U.S.C. It was. Uh, he is, uh, I can tell you right quick, in yeah. a second. But real quick. Arizona though. State. Yeah. Arizona State. My mom's alma mater. That's why. Is that where your mom went? Uh-huh. She did go to Arizona State. But yeah, <laughs> Jaden Daniels, I mean, he's been the addition that they need. And I like this LSU team. Let me ask you this. Because so much, so much was made about Brian Kelly and, you know, coming to the SEC and mm-hmm. could he put up the numbers. Now, listen, folks need to understand that he was the one of the most winningest coaches currently coaching so it's not like he can't coach but winning the big game now let's go over to Kirby for a moment because so much was made about this defense oh they lost so much on defense and but look the team hasn't lost a game not one not one game have they lost in I actually did a little bit of research on that Georgia Bulldogs defense and though they lost a lot of key players from last year the first touchdown in the first quarter happened last week to Georgia Tech I mean, that's all you can really ask for from a defense. They, like, it's crazy. Do coaches, and I know sometimes it's different with professionals, but at this point, do you change up what's gotten you here? Not at all. You stick with the same game plan? You don't try anything, no new tricks? No, you don't overcoach, you don't undercoach, you coach the exact same way you've been coaching for these past 10 to 12 weeks. Like, there's, there's nothing that should be changed. On offense, I want to talk about the dogs for a moment. Mm-hmm. I just got to text someone saying, yeah, sports talk. I can't get enough of dog talk. <laughs> Stetson Bennett. Mm-hmm. Now, I got to tell you, when I look at this kid, this young man, he looks like he should be an accountant. I mean, he's not a big guy. <laughs> he, lo- he looks like one of the athletic trainers out there. Okay, but. you said it. But look, he, he has some offensive weapons. But this young man, is he He looks, he doesn't get rattled. Mm-hmm. You know, he came back. I mean, he this team goes as he goes. They, they do, and he's he's their quarterback for a reason. He's a quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs, the number one team in the country for a reason. How much do you put pressure on him if you're LSU? Do you try to come after him every single play? Do you blitz him? Do you, And I know folks, stop emailing me tomorrow. Why are you rooting for LSU? I'm not rooting for LSU. I'm, right. I'm talking sports here. Right. We're talking strategy. Right. What do you do? <sighs> Against I, the Bulldogs. I, I know LSU's got a very flex style of defense. They're fast. They like to they like to run across the field and hit you in the mouth. That's that's what LSU's been known for on defense. And I mean, if I'm them, I I'm attacking Stetson Bennett as much as I can. But my biggest focus is on Brock Bowers because he is a he's a very monster. yes. I'm he's glad you said that. He he can play in the pros now easily. I mean, Easily. and there's not many people that can do no. that. But he kind of reminds you of Grunk a little bit, doesn't he? A little bit, yeah. like a little bit faster, a little bit leaner, and like he's got he's got the ability to take the sweep if he needs to. I mean, now if let's just say if for some reason, even though they're a 17 point favorite, the Bulldogs lose, mm-hmm. uh, then you got and let's say Michigan wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be really clear. I mean, are you? I mean, it's a whole lot. You got USC out there. I mean, who do you like? Who would you like to see? You know, I think my playoff right now is looking uh, looking like Georgia. Georgia's going to be in there regardless. Yeah. Just because, I mean, honestly, after I saw the Tennessee game, I was like, they, they're they going to be in the playoffs regardless. That was the game for you? That was the game for me. Really? It was because 
I was committed to Tennessee they for a minute. They almost lost to Missouri. No, I'm just kidding. No, my I, home state. I got some brothers on Missouri now. I'm from. That's my home state. They, they were excited about that game. I know that. But, <laughs> I mean, they came up so close. I was definitely rooting for Missouri just a little bit. Yeah. But I definitely see Georgia in my playoffs. I've got Georgia. I've got Michigan. Uh, the last two are up in the air because of TCU. Mm. I mean, Ohio State's one loss to Michigan. USC's a great team. I mean, that's that's why that's why I said before we kind of need a six to eight no. six to eight teams just but, a little bit. Yeah, but these kids got to get in class, Jordan. I hear you. <laughs> you hear know you. that. I, I hear you. I'm, I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> but let's be really clear too. There is a lot of we we love sports, but there's a lot of money tied in it. The, all these programs have Oof. huge budgets. I want to ask you, in North Carolina, did you have a fancy locker room? Was it anything like Miami or or the Bulldogs? LSU's oh locker gosh. room is amazing. Oh my Notre Dame. Don't get me started. So my first ever unofficial visit was actually to the University of Oregon. That was my dream school. Really? That I mean, that blew every other school out of the water. Nike, as, Nike pretty much gives them anything they want. Oh, they don't even have to ask, and it's there. But uh, as far as North Carolina, my first couple years, we we were a little behind. We we had just moved to Jordan Gear the year. Uh, <laughs> we had just moved to Jordan the year I got there. Our locker rooms were all right. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have uh, USB ports in our in our heads or holographic oh stats about everything. And let me tell you something: the swag bag that the players get—it's crazy. You know, it's listen, crazy. I ran track. Yeah. Like, we got seven bucks for a meal. <laughs> you, you all get you know phones. Mm-hmm. They're gift cards, people. They're not getting money. Mm-hmm. But so much has changed. What it do, has. You, do you what do you make of players now being able to? Make money with these NIL endorsements. And do you like it? No? You know, I like it a lot, especially just coming from it recently. And I I was able to have a year under my belt with the NIL deals. But I think it's a dangerous game. But, I mean, football's a dangerous game. And, like, these players are putting their lives on the lines out there and they can't make they can't make a check other than the one the school's cutting them. That's that's that that was ridiculous to me. Do you like the transfer portal? (sighs) I like the transfer portal because the opportunity it holds. But at the same time, I think it does take competition away from mm-hmm. the game everybody loves. I want to get your thoughts on this, and I'll get your prediction, because he has been the story this year, mm-hmm. not playing for a national championship. But what Deion Sanders, prime time, prime time, has been able to do at Jackson State and all the attention now being paid to HBCUs, do you, will you think we'll see a trend of big names going to HBCUs? 100%. Yeah. 100%. And that's not even just in football. I think it's going to be across all sports just because of what Dion has been able to provide for these kids just a just a home away from home. And that's not that's not what you get at some Division 1 schools like Yet yeah, ESPN Game Day coming to an HBCU and, and that's a big deal. It's a huge step. It's a huge step for the HBCUs all across the country. And I mean, I'm so like I I had a friend who played there when Dion was just I think it was his uh rookie year as a uh-huh. coach there. I had a friend who played receiver there and I, I didn't talk to him much, but he was the most smiles I've seen since high school. Do you like where college athletics is going, or do you still think there's a lot that just needs to be reformed? Because these are kids at yeah. the end of the day. But And, and look, those like Bryce Young, mm-hmm. sorry, folks, you this is the last time you've probably seen him in an Alabama uniform well, after he plays in a bowl game yeah. or whatever. He's gone. Yeah. These kids are not staying. Most of them, you're, you're top. They're not going to stay for four years. Not at all. Not at all. And I think – that's another drawback that football does have, but it does need to happen where we have to stay three years. You made a decision to mm-hmm. stay. You, Five years. You could have. You could have. I could have. I could have definitely made my opportunity, but I think 
I really does, do think it all just comes down to the person and like what you want to do with your future. Like if you want to stay in school an extra year to get that extra degree or if you want to get that extra game tape or you just want to go and your, your body's hurting, you want to go ahead and go. And try the university your, try should pay out. for it. The school should pay for it. 100%. If they offer you a scholarship, if you want to stay there for 10 years, here's Rose Scott on her you know, soapbox. <laughs> then if it takes 10 years to get your degree, they should pay, they should pay for it. 100%. All right, here we go. Prediction. Who Predi- you got tomorrow? Prediction for the game. Uh, you know, it's in Atlanta. It's in Atlanta, right? Yeah. So I'm going with my I'm going with my Bulldogs. I'm going with the home team. I think the crowd's just going to be crazy. I know LSU travels well, but it's the this is the Mar- this is the Mercedes Benz. This is Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> we got we got everybody coming out for this one. You gonna give me a score? Uh let's see. I'm a pride on the defense. I'm a pride on the defensive game. I'm gonna go 24-13, Georgia. Really? Uh-huh. I'm a, I think it's going to be a real defensive game. You don't think LSU is going to put up more than 13 points? No, I don't. With that offense? I think Jaden runs for a touchdown. They. I think Jaden runs for a touchdown. He throws for a touchdown. And that's it. Oh, look yeah. at these emails. <laughs> I don't want to be put on blast on my Twitter in a second. Just, well, yeah, I got a friend. And my friend Lee said, he don't know what you're talking about. What you mean? I played <laughs> I play for five years. 24-13. <laughs> I played five years. I got you. Jordan's been so much fun. I got one more question for you. Now, full disclosure, mm-hmm. your mom is Lisa Ram. She is. Does she know anything about sports? You know, she 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 likes to think she does. I have to remind her what's going on sometimes. <laughs> sometimes she'll just scream at the TV and be like, go, 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 or stop them, stop them. And I'm like, Yeah, we want right. more. But yeah. th- but you 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 want a you're gonna have a I think you're gonna have a solid career in broadcasting. So we're very proud of you, very happy for you. Thanks you know, for coming I in. sure hope so. Gonna have you come back. Now if Georgia gets to this this champ, okay, we're gonna oh, see. You're gonna I, come back. I can I can face the heat. Twenty four thirteen. Twenty four thirteen. Bulldogs. You don't wanna modify that at all. Let's go 27-17. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give them four more. I'll give them four more. 27-17 Bulldogs. All right. Making his debut, sports analyst Jordan Tucker. Thank you so much for taking time. I really appreciate it. Good conversation. You know I love sports. I could talk all day. But now I got Santa Claus coming up, so I got to holler at him. I got you. All I got right. to get your gift on. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jordan. On through Jackson. And Close Look continues from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Yes, let the countdown begin. The holiday season is upon us. And I personally have been good all year. So I better be on the nice list. As for my team, well, they're on their own. Although producer Daniel Rezel is rocking his Brazilian soccer outfit today. And guess what? I was going to get him one, but now I don't have to. At this time of year, our next guest is always super busy making all spirits bright. I'm talking about the real Black Santa, a.k.a. Santa D. He's a regular on our program. Welcome back, Santa D. Good to see you. How you doing, Ms. Rose? I'm always glad to be on your show. I'm loving it. Loving it. Listen, this is the time of year where you, the Santa brand, is busy the last couple of years with COVID and everything. I want to ask, how you doing this year? How you feeling? Well, I tell you what, you have been my inspiration this past year. Uh, I listened to your bro- the broadcast that we did last season, and it was kind of depressing. And so mm-hmm. it inspired me 
to uh, one, make sure that I was COVID uh, safe. I got my vaccinations, all the things behind it. Uh, my team does the same, has the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I've been listening, literally listening to your your that broadcast from last year, and we are on fire this year. Well, you weren't feeling well, and that wasn't your fault. You know, you couldn't well, be out. You know, listen. and we found out we found out what all the problems were. Yeah, uh, we found out it uh, the 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 GERD or acid reflux. Uh, we've got that under control. Mm -hmm. uh, we still got issues with our, our back and, and health, but we're doing well. Yeah. And the season has, has gotten off. The season has gotten so started so early that it scared me. I started working in October. Really? Were these in-person appearances? In-person per, in visits. I haven't done a virtual. This is my first virtual visit this season. Wow. So you. We are, we are back to working uh, full tilt. Uh, we just had our own uh, photo mini Santa session where we had uh, everyone got an opportunity to come and visit with Santa. And we're getting ready to do another one because it was such a great turnout. Uh, we're doing another one on December 21st. How did it feel to be back in person? You know, the, obviously with COVID and everything, did you did you get a little emotional when you walked in and, and everyone like Santa? <laughs> to be to tell the truth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, there were a couple of times where uh, Santa had to literally turn, take the gloves, wipe the tears out of my eyes, because uh, I had kids that I hadn't seen in two years. Mm. Uh, that uh, a young man out in Augusta, Xavier, he uh, autistic young man, I, and he and I had a bond, and uh, we got to see each other again this year. Uh, so many kids that I've watched grow up mm -hmm. and miss for two years, and uh, man, it's just been like. Awesome. Awesome. How booked up are you already? <laughs> well, uh, tomorrow we got you today. We got a tree lighting in, in, in Riverdale later on today. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow we've got about three gigs uh, booked in, uh, starting from Atlanta all the way. No, from Piedmont Hospital here in Conyers mm -hmm. all the way to, uh, to uh, Mableton. And then Sunday, you got to be there. Sunday, we're doing the Falcons game. We're Santa for the Falcons on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Now, are you pacing yourself? Because, you know, I, I know you're excited to get back <laughs> out there, but I need for you to pace yourself, Santa D. Well, I, I don't know about pacing. <laughs> uh, the weekends are all booked. Uh, if I could get the weekdays to book up as well, I'd do it. Uh, it does make it, it, for me right now, it's back to, to doing what I love to do. Uh, seeing the kids and making them smile, so it it it's 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 on, it's on pace for me. <laughs> At any point, as you were you know going through your recovery, and I and I and I want to ask this because I just want folks to understand I, how you're passionate about this. At any point, did you think maybe it's time for Santa D to retire? No, and let the other Santas, you know. No, no, <laughs> uh, it's only been twenty two years. Uh, I'm still a relatively young man. I, I, I'm hoping to do this late into my uh, 90s, uh, which gives me another 40 years to go. Uh, I've only seen two generations of kids. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to see at least five generations where yeah. the kids that the kids are their kids are not bringing their kids to me. Uh, like I said, I've only seen two generations, uh, and I'd like to see a whole lot more. I can see a whole lot more. Now, the last time we talked, you you gave out this incredible beard, this whole beard washing, co-washing, 
procedure. Wow. And folks email me like, I want to hear that again. I'm like, well, I, you know, I had to go back and listen. You have a whole thing to keep your beard all shiny and fluffy. And it was it was it was better than my locks. You, <laughs> <laughs> you had a whole well, thing working. And if you look now, we've done something that we hadn't done before. Got the handlebars going. This yeah. Year. Uh, <laughs> which was makes it makes life so much easier because even when I'm I'm not smiling, it looks like I'm smiling, and I love them. I, I've I've gotten a lot of uh, uh, kudos about the handlebars. But listen, all they have to do if they want to follow us, I, I I'm giving uh, classes. We do a we have a, a page on Facebook called the Majestic beardsman yeah so they can always come online and on facebook look for the majestic beardsman we give out tips uh not just myself but everyone that's on there it's it's about helping each other get where Mm -hmm. we need to be and also if they're in if they're into just listening to santa's uh santa's of color correlation Mm -hmm. uh we've got that going on facebook they can come and they can learn some tricks in the trade there too for that the santa who's listening i think there is one uh this santa's making their first this is their first year as santa what advice are you giving them uh depends on what they're doing because yeah. it, it, it's it's tricky mm-hmm. if you're sitting in the mall uh you have to follow the rules of the company you're working for. sure uh if you're doing this like i do uh on your own and you're you're making your own decisions you're your own boss and uh you have to figure out where the next gig's coming from uh Join a couple of groups out there. There are, there are plenty of groups on Facebook that will help you. Uh, if not, reach out to me. I, I, info at therealblacksanta.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Santa D. Sinclair, yeah. or just the, uh, therealblacksanta.com. Uh, any social media. I'm on so, all social media as therealblacksanta.com. So how, how much have you changed from that first year to now, <laughs> decades later? You know, <laughs> what... <laughs> I've learned a few tricks of the trade. Actually, I tell you the biggest thing that has happened. Uh, I'm also uh, a friend of mine has a Santa school and uh, he travels around the country. Uh, his name is T- Santa Tim Conahan, mm-hmm. and I'm also a part of the program with him. I, I help train. I just got my doctorate in Santa Clausology, uh, so so we're I'm 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 trying to show everybody how to do this as well. And what I've seen that has really really impressed me is that when I started, I literally could count on my hand uh, around the country how many Black Santas there were. Mm-hmm. And that's one hand. Uh, I have a group now that's got over 40, 43 Santas, and there are so many more mm-hmm. uh, Black or African-American Santa or Santas of color. Mm-hmm. Not, there's a couple of uh, Santas of Spanish, a couple of ASL Santas. There's a lot. There's a lot of changes. A lot of diverse changes in the industry. And Santa D, talk about, for folks who may not quite understand that, but that is important to have representation. Santa can look like all of us. Listen, we're, it is it is the best thing to have representation. As a young child, uh, when you see someone of your color, your race, your ethnicity, uh, it makes your heart swell. Because, uh, again, like like so many of us, when we hear, you know, that this was this developed by an African-American, you know, our pride swells. We're, mm-hmm. we're happy about it. So the same goes with, with all kids. You see a Santa of your color, or better yet, I mean, if you're, uh, uh, I, I just helped a Santa that is uh, completely 
he and his wife both are completely non-hearing. They're both deaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just gotten into to the industry. Wow. And I do uh, a documentary. We helped him get started. And man, I'm waiting to see how his season go. I'm waiting wow. to hear it because he's he's got a, a totally he's got a perfect niche. Yeah. Nobody can take that from him. Yeah. So and then now you have kids that see a standard that can sign and and say more than Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, so that's a good thing. It's really a good thing. Now, do you teach the laugh? Do you teach that, or is it just something you just have to develop? You know, can you teach the laugh? Can you really teach the Santa laugh? Well, here's 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 what I say. I don't do. Most folks do. <laughs> and that's really good. Uh, but I actually, my laugh is who I am. <laughs> because that's me. That's my laugh. What folks have been doing, and, and I, I hope somewhere along the line people change this. You hear people going, ho, ho, ho. The reason they say ho, ho, ho is because that's how you write a laugh. Ah. That when you look at the book, you write ho ho ho. That's a laugh. That's how you write a laugh. Yeah. But your laugh should be natural. <laughs> it should come from you. It should. <laughs> what makes you you? <laughs> there you go. That is... <laughs> see, how, see how it just flows naturally. Yeah, that it's... is great. Uh, how before we wrap up, how important has it been though for you to? be able to get back out there and, and with the health issues, you know, you've got to hold on and we're still in a pandemic, but also some things have changed, you know, um, because we're still dealing with COVID and some things, but just to be back out there, Santa D and, and, you know, be around the, not just the little ones, but the big ones like me. Oh, I, I tell you what, I, I look forward to this season. Uh, I'm hoping with all the things that we're doing that I can make this, an annual program, Mm -hmm. not just at in December, not just November and December, but all year round. I I always say it and and I'm going to say it again with you. I think the meanest, nastiest person, you know, they're a little nicer at Christmas. Mm -hmm. I, again, I'm a faith based Santa. So I believe that the reason for the season is Christ. Mm -hmm. Oh, and so, so, you know, that Miss Rose, we've got a book coming out, teach the children, the true meaning of Christmas. Okay. It's a coloring book and a read along for the kids. So we've got that again, because I'm faith based. I'm, I'm serious about what I do. I think that because Christ is the center of this, people become a little nicer during this time of year. And I feel like well, we they, can, they should. They should be nice year round. But, you know, that's they should. Cool. <laughs> and, 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 and so that's what I would love to see. I would love to see Christmas all year round so that folks are nicer all year round so that we don't have. Uh, the killings, the shootings that we're seeing that's mm-hmm. happening in our neighborhoods so that we don't see all the, the hatred that we have coming up uh, throughout our neighborhood. I, I just love to see more of the holiday spirit from everybody. Now, does Santa D have a list of items he would like or? Oh, goodness. You know, like, do you want a, a, a Falcons jersey? I don't know what you want, Santa D. We got you. I'm a New York Giants fan. I, I am oh. a, I am a Santa for the Falcons, but I am a New York Giants fan. Santa D fan. of Atlanta is a New York Giants <laughs> fan. Y'all having a pretty decent year. Listen, we're doing great. I'm yeah. happy. I uh, love to see us make the playoffs. And uh, how you Giants fan? Listen, <laughs> hey, 
New York Giants, I love them. I think they're doing a great job. They're following the, behind the coach, and they're they're inspiring. They're they're picking themselves up and they're doing what they need to do. Uh, but if I if I had my choice, uh, a little red truck, and I don't mean a little red truck. I mean one that I can get in and drive along when I'm not saying you want an F one fifty. Is that what you're saying? Oh uh, well, <laughs> I'm a Nissan Titan man myself. Okay, but a, a nice big. Dually Nissan Titan with the red uh, red uh, letterings all over it, uh, saying the real Black Santa's coming. <laughs> they want, listen, if Nissan wants Santa to back their their product, here I you go. Them. See, I tell you now, the brand, boy, I tell you, never fails. You talking about the spirit of the season, and, boy, you yeah, but you know, <laughs> branding is important. <laughs> the real Black Santa will help out. Listen, <laughs> Nissan, call me up. I got you, Miss Rose. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, listen, I, 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 a couple of your uh, your staff has actually come by and seen Santa. I know. They told me. You are a big hit. You, let me tell you something. I can name four people that have come into this building that folks lost their minds about. One was Bootsy Collins. Oh, I love Bootsy. Ice-T. <laughs> really? Yes. Folks were lined up for Ice-T. Pam Greer. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And Santa D. <laughs> well, <laughs> those those four people right there. I mean, and, and folks got a little excited about uh, Vicky Lawrence too. But y'all, y'all four, you, Pam Greer, Ice T, and Bootsy Collins, folks. I think lost. we need to do the show. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna do a show with Santa D, Pam Greer, Bootsy Collins, and Ice T. That is one heck of a show. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have a blast, I promise you. <laughs> the real black Santa. Santa D, thank you so Ms. much Rose. as always, joining me oh, every man. year. My pleasure. Uh, I look forward to again next year. And listen, we're, I'm hoping we're doing some stuff for Christmas in July. So reach out to us. I'd uh, love to be able to come out and, and, and do some things with you during the holiday. I got also. you. And I'm going to check you out this month. I'm going to surprise you. You will. I'll, <laughs> listen, I look forward to it. It's been a while since we've seen each other in person. All right. Take care, Sanity. Merry Christmas. And that's it for this edition of Closer Look. Our producers are LaShawn Hudson, Daniel Razel, Pat St. Clair. Our engineer for today was Daniel, and he is rooting for Brazil in the World Cup today. That's okay. A reminder to let us know your thoughts on today's program or any other. Send me an email, rose at wabe.org. And, of course, if you missed any of today's program, it's online. At WABE.org slash Closer Look and Closer Look Weeknights at 7, as well as in our podcast. So subscribe to Closer Look wherever you like. My prediction for tomorrow's game, Bulldogs 35, LSU 19. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. 
I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.